Welcome to We Hear Her. I'm Erin Trenbeth-Murray, and I'm here today with another amazing woman who is sharing her story and insights into life lessons learned. Hi there, I'm Erin Trenbeth-Murray with the We Hear Her podcast for women who succeed. Today, I'm with one of my dear friends, Brooke Newhall-Lenzen, who is with Executive Education at the University of Utah in the David Eccles School of Business. Brooke is one of my favorite folks. I love spending time with her personally and professionally. She keeps me young, she keeps me fresh, and uh, kind of points out once in a while when I'm lacking in my technology skills, but I appreciate it so much. So let me share a little bit about Brooke with you, and then we're gonna jump into a little conversation. So she received her undergraduate degree from the University of Utah in strategic communications and recently completed her master's degree in instructional design and educational technology. She has worked for the David Eccles School of Business for five years, and she has overseen operations team, develops and manages their online executive education offerings, and oversees recruitment and alumni relations for the Women in Leadership Program. And if you haven't done the Women in Leadership Program, you definitely need to do that. And we're gonna talk in a minute about that because you're also offering now a 2.0. Yes. And so I I wanna hear some more about that. She has a passion for education and leadership, developing leaders. She believes that the power of education can move mountains within organizations and society. In her free time, which she has none now because she has a new little one named Stella. She's a new mama and has her wonderful husband, Alex, their dog, Sammy. She likes to ski and go on hikes and volunteer. So anyway, with all of that that she has going on in her plate, she made time for us today to do our Women Who Succeed podcast. So welcome, Brooke. Thank you, Erin. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Anything for you. Well, thanks. I'm going to write that one down. (laughs) So we're not going to share any secrets about my technology faux pas. Well, we can share one, right? technologies, and then you can talk about how I'm uh, GPS. I, you always have to help me find where I'm going. You are directionally challenged <laughs> a little bit. I could also tell you about typewriters. Oh, yeah. It was a thing. Tell me more. What is that? <laughs> yeah, this is going to be a fun interview. Okay, so let's just start off a little bit. We have both mentees and women uh, that will be listening to this podcast. And one of the things that I adore about you is I admire your youthful zest and you're just very light and optimistic and always having a can-do attitude, but you also have a very old soul (laughs) element to you. Your maturity just blows me away. And tell me, do you mind if I ask how old you are? I'm 28 years old. 28. Yes, going on 45. (laughs) But um, how do you, how, what do you attribute this intuitive nature that you have at such a young age to um, your intuition to navigate difficult situations, your, your intuition to kind of think through big picture strategically, where do you think that kind of comes from? Yeah, well, that I mean, that's a great question. So my parents were both older when they had me. And I really think that being raised by older parents mm-hmm. helped set me up for success in so many ways. 
Um, my parents at a very young age established how important leadership was in our family. And so um, even when I was in middle school, I was in a military drill team, competed nationally in military drill, won national competitions. And that learning about integrity, the importance of leadership, um, was instilled in my in the household and in my upgreen, uh, upbringing my entire life. And so I think that when I, you know, am thinking through things, um, don't always get them right at all. But I think one thing that helps me is continuing to learn and understanding that it's okay to make mistakes. Um, I've made so, so many mistakes. And um, what I've learned the most from them is owning the mistakes and growing from them has been so important. And so I think um, as I've made those mistakes, growing from them quickly has helped maybe me helped me maybe mature at a younger age than maybe others. But I also have heard my whole life that I'm an old soul, that I was 13 going on 20 and now mm -hmm. 28 going on 45. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true. And I think that there's a humbleness about you for sure. And I bet you that plays into you being able to own your mistakes quickly because then you can move on. Mm -hmm. But when I find that I hold on and dig my heels in and I'm determined to make sure folks know, I, I think I'm right, or this is the correct way to do it, or um, and my arrogance comes out, I, it takes a lot longer than to, to learn and Absolutely. to grow until you finally accept like, oh, maybe I don't know it all. <laughs> Maybe I didn't yeah. get that right. Yeah, and that's and I do that all the time, and it's not my best self. It's not me putting my best self forward. And mm -hmm. so I think even when I'm being arrogant, I'm like, no, I'm right. I'm certain this was it. If I can take a step back and, you know, kind of look at myself from a different pu uh, viewpoint, and my husband helps with me, helps me with that <laughs> all the time. And now you're a new baby. <laughs> and now I'm a new baby. You're not right, Brooke. <laughs> but we do, we have a saying in our household that it's not right, it's just different. So when we have differing opinions that, you know, one of us is not necessarily right, it's just a different opinion. Um, and then we'll we'll fight and talk about how, no, we are right. We're the right person. <laughs> That's so funny. I was just about to say, what a healthy attitude. <laughs> it's healthy to an extent, it is. but it is, it is something to remember that, you know, our opinions and how we look at things, everyone has a different opinion on situations or how they perceive something versus someone else. And it's, it's not right. It's just different. It's mm -hmm. not wrong. It's just different. It's, it's, everyone's different. So tell me a little bit, let's dive into your professional work with the women's leadership, because I think that is important. What you're describing right now, I mean, philosophically, just spills directly into um, the philosophy of the women's leadership symposium and certificates. Tell, tell us how that got started and um, what you enjoy most about playing a role with that. Yeah, so I started with the David Eccles School of Business in 2017, and we had a women in leadership program where we would do you know, a couple of classes a year that anyone could sign up for. And what I loved to see was these women really relying on one another and becoming friends with one another, but they'd only have two days to get to know each other, and then they'd maybe never see one another again. And so in 2020, um, I worked with my team and reimagined what a Women in Leadership Certificate could look like. And we decided that there were so many important aspects that we were getting little tidbits of from the certificate program, but not necessarily hitting on the mark. Um, so one thing that we changed for the program 
program is it's now a cohort style program and you were a part of the first cohort that we had in spring of 2021. Um, and that was like incredibly successful. What we know about women is that they are there to support one another and they love to build relationships and connections. So by building a cohort, um, we were able to cre- create a place where women were able to get to know one another uh, more intimately and more in depth uh, throughout the program. And then we also wanted to reimagine what was the curriculum that made the most sense. Um, so we took a step back and looked at what curriculum we were offering. We started having um, the program begin with a Leadership 360 assessment, Mm -hmm. um, which for those who are listening that aren't familiar with that, a Leadership 360 assessment is where you assess yourself on how you perceive yourself as a leader. And then you have raters, including your manager, family and friends, peers, direct reports that do the assessment about you. So you get this holistic view on how you're perceived as a leader. And that really serves as a roadmap um, throughout the rest of the program for you to develop and grow as a strategic leader, learn about emotional intelligence, mindfulness, um, be able to establish your executive presence. And so um, really what we've seen from that change in early 2021 is incredible success in this program. Um, What I love is at the end of every one of our cohorts, the women will find ways to stay connected. And mm-hmm. so some of the cohorts, they will do a wine night every month. Some will do book clubs. Um, others had a ton of young children amongst their cohorts. So they did a Halloween party for all of their families and oh, their children. Neat. And they still do that to this day. This is their second year that they've done it. And so it's really cool to see the connections that they make, um, which is one reason that I also love women who succeed. And a lot of women who have gone through women in leadership have now joined women who mm-hmm. succeed mm-hmm. because they've understood that those connections are so much more than just the professional connections that you make or when you think, oh, I need to get a new job, I should probably start networking. But they mean so much more to that because of the personal relationships that you're going to be building with these individuals. For sure. My cohort, I loved my cohort and stay connected with probably 30 of them. And some are in Women Who Succeed, some are not, but we still connect on LinkedIn and and talk about, you know, professional development, what we're doing, promotions. I loved my, I liked the, well, every, all the ones, the executive presence, the mindfulness was great. Um, I also loved the negotiating the salaries, mm-hmm. um, the resume, the revamping of your resume and your personal values, the, and very hands-on, like a lot of videotaping, um, small group activities, workshop, like it it was super tangible. I really love how you and your team designed the curriculum. Oh, good. And I think the important thing is, is for our professors as well, is it's not about just getting up on stage or in front of the classroom and lecturing for eight hours, mm-hmm. but it's really connecting with one another, hearing, hearing different ideas throughout the room and being able to collaborate because really collaboration is how we all grow as individuals. Now you've got a female dean. Yes. Dean Hayes, Rachel Hayes. She's incredible. You're adding a 2.0. Correct. Tell me what the 2.0 one is. Yes. So we received so much incredible feedback from our Women in Leadership One that we, uh, a lot of them were, uh, a lot of the alumni from that program asked us, what's next? Where mm-hmm. where can I go from here? I and was one so, of those. And yes, Erin was one of them. So we worked with the faculty in that program and are building a Women in Leadership 2.0 that will launch in 2023. 
Um, so women have to go through the first Women in Leadership program in order to do Women in Leadership uh, 2. Um, the reason for that is we're going to be building off some of the skills that you um, that you learned and, and the areas that you grew from in the first one, including you take that Leadership 360 assessment that I mm -hmm. mentioned in mm -hmm. uh, 1.0, you're going to be retaking that in 2.0 and then doing an assessment between the two um, Leadership 360 uh, assessments that you have, you're going to be looking at both of them to see how you've grown, areas you want to continue grow, uh, to grow. Um, and work through a capstone project to really be able to map where, where you're going from here. Because what we know about leadership, learning, education is it's not a destination that we reach. Mm -hmm. It's a lifelong experience that we have. We learn things every single day, whether it's formally in a classroom setting or whether it's in a podcast with you. We learn so much about each other just by communicating and collaborating with people. Well, speaking of continuous growth and journeys, not that it's going to be the end-all be-all, but where do you see yourself as a leader in five to seven years? That is a great question. Um, you know, I kind of I kind of look at it as I look of change um, these days. You know, change is constant. And so where I saw myself um, before I was became a mom, where I see myself now is, is completely different. Mm. I um, have always been very driven and career focused, um, and I continue to be so, but now, you know, it's not back of mind, it's really front of mind of what do I need to do that's gonna be best for my family as well? And what career path and moves do I wanna make where I'm making it not just with myself in mind, but really thinking about my family, my husband and our daughter, Stella. Um, so next for me is gonna be, is, is a question mark for sure, but I, um, I wanna continue to grow and uplift others. Um, I love leading teams. Um, it's, it's a passion of mine because I love seeing my team succeed and then be able to grow as leaders. So uh, I'm just gonna keep learning and um, making strategic moves as they come up, but um, understanding change is constant and moving and flowing with the change as much as possible. Yeah, I had an, a podcast interview recently and, and the lady I was interviewing talked about, she said, you know, I, I always, you hear all the dialogue about needing to either choose, right, being a, a great mother or being a great professional, mm -hmm. or there's a second option of, you know, do, do it all. Mm -hmm. And what we talked about was at, as we've gone further into our careers and we've raised our children quite a ways is that we used to think that it, perfection was the goal. Perfection was the goal for motherhood. Mm -hmm. Perfection was the goal as a professional or CEO. And now we kind of look back and we're like, you can be a mother and a CEO, just do them both really well. You don't need to be perfect. Right. You're going to mess up. You're going to do the very best you can. You're not going to know it's bake sale day and that you needed to have baked you know, cookies at school and you are going to go to a meeting sometimes and you're not prepared Absolutely. and to cut yourself a little slack and give yourself a little grace. Um, but to have those diverse experiences to stay an interesting human being and to stay intellectually stimulated and challenged, which kind of goes to what you were just saying about the journey and the growth and, and that continual development. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and I think about that a lot is you can do it all, but it's not about being perfect, mm -hmm. right? And so, and it's about having a community to support you in all different aspects of life, uh, personally and professionally. And when we're thinking about bake sales, I will 100% be the mom that's buying the baked goods from the store. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe my husband's buying them and he's bringing them there because I won't be able to yeah. make it. So, um, you know, I I think it's, you know, what, what I always see is that community helps uplift all of us and having strong a strong community um, will really set you up for success as a mom and will set you up success for um, wherever I head in my career and so um, I rely heavily on my community and also do my best to support them as well because um, you know everyone has things that come up in life where they need a helping hand and what I see is whenever um, having a, the stronger my community is, the stronger I am as an individual. And I hope I uplift my community too. But it, it really isn't about doing everything perfectly because if you do everything perfectly, you're not necessarily gonna be learning yeah. and then you're not gonna be growing. And for me, when I think about where I'm gonna be in seven to 10 years, I'm so excited for the growth that's gonna bring as well. Um, the growth that's gonna bring for me as a professional um, and as a mom and as a wife. So I think, you know, I, I am excited for the mistakes. I'm sure I'm gonna get bright red when they happen. I'm sure I'm probably gonna cry about a couple of them. But um, mistakes have ultimately been the reason that I am here today. Mm -hmm. And um, that's always what I try to remember is that if that mistake didn't happen, I wouldn't be able to speak to this or do this, um, this podcast even if I hadn't made a mistake along the way. For sure. So tell your, you did your bachelor's, your master's, you're not that far away from some of our college age women. Yeah. Tell me what advice you wish someone would have told you when you say you were a junior and senior in college going forward. Because I see a lot of our young women and my own son, um, they, there's a struggling of mm. that transition, but maybe not for, for everyone. But what, what advice would you give a junior or senior in college? I'd say there's a couple of things. Um, first of all, it's not too late to get involved. If you're not involved in school, um, and that could be, and I'm meaning outside of the classroom, find ways to get involved because when you're going to do that first interview outside of school, a lot of the times they're going to be asking you about how have you de dealt with a conflict? How have you, um, have you ever had to run a meeting before? Have you ever run an event before? Those are things that you learn about in the classroom, but you practice outside of the classroom. And so find ways to get involved because that's really going to bolster your resume and get you ready for real life. Um, so that's one piece of advice. It's never too late to get involved. Um, another thing is, is plan for the unplanned. Um, I never thought I would go and get my master's degree. I just, I never thought about it. It's not something um, a lot of people have done in my family. And so it wasn't in my original plan for me. And I was lucky that my grades scraped, were enough to scrape by to apply for grad school. But I was shocked that I never thought about it when I was applying. I was felt so fortunate that I hit that line that I was able to apply for grad school, 
But if you're not planning ahead or thinking, oh, it's not just about um, C's get degrees, which which yeah. is a lot of what kids will say these days, um, C's probably won't get you into grad school. So think about <laughs> that. And you may want not want to go to grad school now, and that's okay. But set yourself up for future success. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of that is be curious, learn go to your classes, take that hard class that you may have to take three or four different times to pass, which sounds crazy, but you're going to learn so much from that experience. And that could become your favorite class in college. That happened to me. I barely passed a class. I only had to take it once, but it was absolutely my favorite professor and my favorite class. And it was part of it, I think, was because of how much I struggled through the class. So you really had to push through it. Really had to push. And that made all of the difference. So don't be afraid to fail in college. It's a great time to learn um, and fail in almost a safe environment. And just remember to get involved, stay curious, and start building a community and network while you're in college. Because although you all may go to different places once college is done, um, the world is smaller than we think. We run into people every day that we never thought we'd see again. For sure, especially in in Utah. Yes. (laughs) Well, I want you to know how much I admire you, how much I admire your work ethic, your integrity, your gentle, warm nature, for other people. I think you are an amazing woman. You're going to be an amazing mama. <laughs> and I'm so glad to be able to call you a friend. Oh, thank you, Erin. Well, I admire you so much. I look up to you. I I feel like you're my mentor in Woman Who Succeeds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the old one. <laughs> no, I, I learn yeah. from you so much every day. And I learn from my mentees as well. And that's mm-hmm. what makes this program so incredible is what we learn from each other. Well, thanks. Well, thank you so much to Brooke for being here today. And um, I hope you get an opportunity to look at all the neat opportunities they have at the Executive Education Program at the David Eccles School of Business for the symposiums and the Women's Leadership Certificate, the DEI symposiums and all kinds of opportunities. So with that, thank you for joining us for the We Hear Her podcast for Women Who Succeed. I'm Erin Trenbeth-Murray, and I'll see you next time. Thank you for taking the time to hear her. Join our efforts and learn more about Women Who Succeed at womenwhosucceed.org. A big thank you to our sponsor, the Clark and Christine Ivory Foundation.